Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is the APC podcast for MacMePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Talking about your four and one Green Bay Packers, win or lose, rain or shine. We are here to celebrate or, you know, embrace the pain. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC Pod on Twitter. Um, nodding his head in agreement, I'm assuming, with the pain statement over there in Brooklyn. It is Alex Patakis. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, you know, as we touched on. Just about before we fired up the microphones, it's just one of those weeks where you're you're really busy, you're grumpy about football, and everything just seems to, I don't know, just everything's annoying. Everything's annoying today. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. That's why I kept my answer brief. I don't want to start complaining already, 30 yeah. seconds in. Well, we're going to, yeah, we're going <laughs> to buckle up everybody for 23 to 29-ish minutes of nonstop complaining. <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know should we just uh start the complain train or you got some kind of preamble no i have no i have no preamble <laughs> uh i mean and, and i will say i mean we have it good generally uh yeah so far this season but um yeah man i don't know when you when you look forward to something that feels bigger than other games and it's Th- that disappointing it's just like yeah you want to complain yeah you have a right to hate everything for us for a little yeah i think so um although i will say in the rapid recap pod uh, that i did with matub and with tex western that actually cheered it cheered me up we kind of like giggled through the pain a little bit shared shared a drink a little tear in my beer situation and i felt better after that so maybe we'll get some catharsis out of this too i don't know yeah hopefully I, I just I think I would honestly be able to do that because I generally do most times it if it was anyone other than who they lost to. Yeah. I just hate that it was Tom Brady and also Gronk playing well, like yeah. who hasn't done shit all year. Like, why us? Yeah. Like, why? Why are we the team that has to make them look legitimate when we all know they're not? You know, yeah. like they're half most of their team is a bunch of halfway retired guys. Um who peaked like in the early 2010s. Like why the fuck do do the Packers have to be, you know, like now I'm just getting so mad. That's okay. Because the, like these takes that you're spitting are not things that I, that I've heard yet in what is usually kind of the echo chamber of uh, Packers content following the game. So I like this, let's put a pin in this and, and come back to, uh, to the Buccaneers being um, a bunch of gray beards basically. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> last week we talked about it being easy breezy and this week it was just like a hailstorm, man. Thirty-eight to ten, of course. And um, 
embarrassment really is kind of the only way to put it. The Packers falling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and why don't we just, uh, again, as I said earlier, start up the complain train with our note nugs as we do every week. Notable nuggets, hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us at the APC pod after every game. Let us know your little bite size takeaway from the game. And I will go first. My note nug um, is going to be the notable absence of Tyler Irvin. And we talked about this a little bit on the on the postgame pod, but a gadget guy, not someone who gets the ball very often, but he is used for so much of the pre-snap motion stuff. And in his absence, they had Aaron Jones doing like a little bit of that, but overall it felt like they just ran way less pre-snap motion with Irvin out of the lineup. And to my untrained eye, it felt like that sort of gave back a half second of reaction time to the Tampa defense. And that was kind of like all they needed to, to tee off, especially because their middle linebackers are um, really, really fast. Um, they The Packers rely on pre-snap motion to get guys open, to create space. So no Irvin, the illusion of complexity kind of goes away. Uh, you had a good pass rush in there, and it was just a really rough day at the office for the Packers offense. Uh, there's no news yet, I don't think, on, on Irvin. Um, I think he might uh, be back in a week or two. He's got a wrist injury. That's why he, he missed the game. But I feel like he'd be on IR if he was going to be any longer. But haven't heard anything. But in my opinion, they they need him. They missed him, and they need him. Yeah. I uh, I, I would never have even thought to... I don't know to to talk about Tyler Irvin, but I think you're right. Uh, in just in terms of like what he what he brings to the the Packers, you know what's weird? Okay, so Tyler Irvin knows it almost feels like a direct result of the preview podcast we did during the week of the Bucks game, um, where you know we talked about Levante uh, David, right? Yep, I'm not messing that up. Um, yeah. Levante David. Uh, which is, it's funny because he is so good and we still have to double check. Like that's the right Levante. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and we talked about like the impact that he would make and I'm not saying he wouldn't have made that impact without if Tyler Irvin played, but it's almost just compounded on that. It's like, we got, um, we, we got a guy to watch on the Bucks who played a, you know, a pretty vital role in their success against the Packers offense, which was, also just kind of boosted a little bit by the absence of a player who you feel like if anything can misdirect that person. Yeah. Um, which sucks, man, because, uh, you know, uh, like you're, when you get, I don't know it, when you get Devonte Adams back in the lineup, <laughs> but you're missing Tyler Irvin, you, you think that's a net positive, but yeah. for some weird ass reason in this Matt LaFleur offense, sometimes, the the Devonte Adams return actually isn't that great. It's kind of like overhyped. Yeah. Well, and maybe times. that says something about it's not necessarily Tyler Irvin the player, but it's just that role within the scheme and yeah. whether or not you have other guys who know those responsibilities. And that was something I touched on on the post game pod too. Was like, don't they like Aaron uh, Aaron Jones did a little bit of the pre snap motion, but for the most part, they just went away from it when they had relied on it so much before. And I don't know, even a guy like uh, this is a bit reductive and maybe not super sophisticated, but like John love it. Like, is there anyone else who can like be your like fallback who just understands some of those plays and can plug and play and is like, is not going to get the ball, but is at least going to make the Tampa defense 
think a little bit more. I, I don't know. I was a little frustrated. Yeah. Um, it's weird not to have much of a contingency plan there, right? Like to, to just be like, Oh, I guess that part of our offense is going to kind of slowly fade away now. They feel so um, reliant on that and yet so unprepared to do without it. Well, it's so weird, especially because like, I understand that his skill set is so different, but it's a backfield that has so many bodies and a lot of also kind of like, uh, you know, role playing receivers in the offense, but yet nobody other than this one guy, um, that, that, yeah, it's almost, it almost feels like irresponsible, right? Like if, if that, if that's going to be a significant part of your scheme, um, you got to have multiple guys who do it. Yeah. In the you corporate know? world, we <laughs> call that the the hit by a truck plan. You know, if someone is suddenly not at your company anymore, you got to have someone else who can at least, you know, pull some of that weight and get some of those things done on yeah. short notice. Especially this season, because we have the ultimate hit by a truck thing when we don't want to wish anybody getting hit by a truck. You're asymptomatic COVID positive. You got to change your game plan now. Yeah. Like, you know, like we have expanded rosters for a reason. Yep. We need a second Tyler Irvin yep. and protect him at all at all costs. Clone the man. Get on it. Uh, wear a mask, Tyler, and everyone <laughs> around him. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh man. Can you tell how annoyed I am already? Just You're like so having to think about this game again. <laughs> my can I do my note nug? Yes, please. Um my note nug is that it is equally frustrating. When you get beat by the obvious guy as it is when you don't. So like Mike Evans, pretty much a non-factor. Chris Godwin, uh, not much of a factor. But that feels not good at all when you have Rob Gronkowski, who is like, I don't even know what former pro wrestler point. Rob Gronkowski and you can't call him the obvious guy, even though like you think with break because it's again, like just halfway retired, you know, like this just, this is not, <laughs> oh man, it's annoying. It's, it's just, it makes me so mad because if the Packers like went down swinging against and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans combined for like a crazy day against a secondary that was missing Kevin King and maybe they picked on Josh Jackson a little bit. Like I would, I would be able to tolerate that. Yeah. Um, but the way but it went it, down. Yeah. When it's with, and I know that the run defense is, is uh, lackluster, but when it's like Ronald Jones kind of controlling the game on the ground and then Rob Gronkowski with like a big catch here on third down and another catch, you know, a touchdown catch here. It's just like, Oh man. It's, it's, it drives me so crazy, you know? Um, I just don't get how he's still doing that. So so why, and why my team, I I, I literally, I'm like at a loss for words. It's just how mad I was. Um, because I just hate, I just hate that it has to come to them. Yeah. It just sucks, man. I, I have nothing, I have nothing else notable. No, like insightful thing about this game at all. Uh, cause honestly, I kind of just tried to forget it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, let's, we got fan note nugs. They'll, they'll be way better. <laughs> You're just moving right along. We'll get some listener note nugs at the APC pod, uh, on Twitter again, tweet at us after every game, Jeff tweets in, uh, Mike Patton should have been let go last year after the embarrassment of the NFC championship game. And, uh, Ryan echoes that and says, 
Uh, my APC pod note nug, Fire Petten, hire Quinn. I'm going to pause on that for just a second, just because Quinn, like, yes, he uh, was a good defensive coordinator uh, for a while uh, with a team in Seattle that had a good defense before and after he left, but his defense in Atlanta was not good. I feel like he gets a lot of, uh, he's getting a lot of buzz as a potential DC, and yet what we've seen from him recently on the defensive side is not good. Yeah, it'd be one thing if uh, if he was a defensive-minded coach who entered the Falcons and the offense was the problem, but it was the exact opposite of that. And I, I mean, I think people have been living a little bit too long off a of reputation of that Seahawks defense Legion of Boom thing um, for a while. And, you know, the Seahawks have their shared defensive troubles now. They've had them uh, for years in the wake of that peak Legion of Boom era. I think maybe we just chalk it up to the fact that they had really good personnel, uh, an incredible home field advantage, yep. um, and just kind of had it going for a little while. I don't necessarily think it was some uh, crazy schematic win um, brought upon by Dan Quinn. But anyway... Another note note coming in from Steve. He says, why are the Packers so bad after bye weeks? 2017 loss versus Detroit, 30 to 17. 2018 loss versus the Rams, 29 to 27. 2019 loss versus San Francisco, 38 to 7. And of course, what we just witnessed here, 38 to 10. I don't know, man. It spans, it spans coaching staffs. I'll say that. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's frustrating too because it. I mean, those are you know before the Niners and before the Bucks. Given the early season injuries, I usually like a you know a later buy as is everybody. But I, I think a buy was welcome at this time because of the health of the team. You felt like when both instances in the Matt Lafleur era it came at like the best time. Yeah. But then they completely no showed and looked like almost unrecognizable compared to what they put out there every other game. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. It's a thing of note, which by definition, what what a note nug is. <laughs> it's not going to worry me crazy. Although, um, you know, for a team that's looking like they can compete for the one seed, which I think is the only buy seed now in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it is a little worrisome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing of note, a note nug coming in from Maxwell. He says, um, I was thinking the other day that when Lafleur's Packers lose, they seem to lose by a ton. And uh, you and I did some checking before we fired up the microphones. That is true for the most part, although it's a really small sample size, because there are some there were some close losses, right? Was that the Eagles? Yeah. So, yeah, again, I mean, when you're only when you only lose five games, uh, Thus far, it's it's hard to tell, but the Eagles were a one score loss, and that was, if I recall correctly, that was a Thursday night game. Um, that was a frustrating loss. Yep. That was uh, a couple of cheap shots. I think were thrown in there, yep. right? Like it was just like a sloppy, dirty yep. game yep. that you felt like the Packers would have been kind of lucky to escape because you were almost at one point more concerned about health. But other than that, they were all pretty convincing losses. I, I mean, the Chargers loss, I think it only ended up being, what, like a 15-point game? I think it I was like a 26-11 to 11 or 27-11. Yeah. Um, but it it was like they, they had no chance of winning the game, you know? Yeah. So, um, But that Chargers game also is a game that Devontae rejoined the team after being gone for uh, a few weeks. In a, was it five wins that they strung together without Devontae Adams? Was it that many, I think? 
Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, and then they just totally lay an egg once they get him back in the lineup, and that sounds familiar. Super weird, yeah. I don't know what that is and what that weird, like, kind of reliance is. Although I will say, like, um, you know, I was going to, and I didn't go back and watch the film, so I, I wanted to say this as my note, Nug, but, um, I mean, both interceptions were obviously passes intended for Devontae Adams. I'm not going to say that Rodgers is, like, forcing the ball to him early, but that first one was like a very weird, uncharacteristic uh, stare down of a receiver. Yeah. I think it was Adams, right? That it was, it was Adams and for. he underthrew a little bit on the out route and it was uh, everything about it was a little bit uncharacteristic. Everything about it was slightly off, just yeah. off enough. And then the second one, um, you know, was the right throw to make and it just, yeah, I mean... Defensive back made a play. Devontae Adams maybe could have been stronger uh, at the catch point. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's it's worth noting that, you know, the two turnovers that basically just, it didn't end the game, but it basically put the game on the trajectory where it was going to be over fast. It was, it was basically two pick sixes, yeah. right? It was, you know, it was one actual one and another one. And who the hell's going to overcome that? Um, and that came with, you know, like, we're going to Devonte. That's our guy. He's back in. Um, maybe there is something about that. Maybe they they kind of like fall back on their, um, I don't know, over reliance on him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I, again, not not crunching film, but uh, weird. <laughs> just 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 like strange. So it's yeah. like yeah, it just felt like a computer glitch with Rogers, didn't it? Yeah. It was like. It I felt. Know, uh, I think it was Tex on the recap show who said that uh, our buddy Peter Bukowski said at some point during the game that this just felt like a game in Madden where the CPU just like wanted you to lose and was just going to do everything possible. I was literally just <laughs> thinking that. I was going to say that. I I was thinking in my head of like what it feels like, and it's like yeah, it's it's that. It's that frustrating, or it's like like when you up the difficulty in a game and you just like get completely smoked, and you're just like, wow, this is why I play on. All pro and not all Madden or yeah. whatever. Though I will say I did play on all Madden, but that's the only. Yeah, you know, haven't played Madden <laughs> in years. I'm, I'm sure I would get smoked. Not, not trying to brag on Madden skills. I think a quintessential um, example of that is that, uh, and I, I mentioned this before. So I'm just repeating everything I already said, but um, <clears throat> was a, a Brady pass and late in the third quarter, I think, that doinked off of a receiver's helmet, flies into the air between like three Packers defenders, and no one can get it, and it's just like. Fuck, man. <laughs> just, yeah. That was the gimme. Anyway, there were there were a couple of those, and the Packers just couldn't they just couldn't stop anything. I don't know. I wanna I wanna come back to uh quickly before we move on, a, a pin that we that we put in earlier, a point you were making about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and sort of them not being that good and being a bunch of half-retired uh has beens <laughs> really. Um because initially my impression coming out of this game was like, oh, maybe the Bucks are for real. And that's like a team we should worry about. But it sounds like you still think they're not to be worried about. And this well, was just a disappointing game for the Packers. They have good young talent. But I'm just saying like in, in the guys that like it felt like we're beating the pack. I mean, I think a lot of things have to go right for the Buccaneers for them to be a team that's as dangerous as what we saw, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, for instance, the Packers didn't get to Tom Brady. Um I don't know that they can make it through a full postseason with that being case, and he, with that being the case, and he's very immobile. You know, he's like a statue back there, which made it even more infuriating. Yeah. That the Packers couldn't get home, but 
against other opponents that can, or maybe against the Packers again, I think his lack of mobility will hurt them. Uh, certainly when you compare the other quarterbacks who we're talking about, like as heavy hitters in the NFC, like Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, still has, has that in his, in his bag. Um, so, you know, I think that that's kind of an issue. Um, I, I, you know, they, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't know enough about their offensive line to know whether or not they can really keep that up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was uncanny, man. Zadarius Smith, um, was in for every snap, got one pressure, Kenny Clark, uh, 0 for 18 creating pressure. Kingsley Kiki 0 for 13 on plays designed to create pressure. Um, that coming from Zach Cruz on Twitter, um, just uncanny, really, like you said, really frustrating to watch this guy that, you know, is incredibly vulnerable, just be clean as a whistle back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the turnovers also change everything, right? Because they, they, it was a game in which, you know, the Packers offensive line has been so good all year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bakhtiari go down. I think Rogers took four sacks, two interceptions that again, directly resulting in points. Like those are kind of anomalies. So I mean, they should be credited for the way they blew the doors off the Packers. But at the same time, like the fashion in which it happened is almost makes me feel like um, I I put less stock in it as a measuring stick of my own team, you know, as a Packers fan. Yeah. Because like when else is all that shit going to happen? I mean, literally, like when else is Rogers going to throw a pick six? You yeah. can count on one hand how many he's thrown in his life or, you know, um, and let alone like, you know, I, I guess I feel like what we saw early in the game, when they went up 10 nothing, that felt like, I don't know, that that's like what we expected. You know, like it kind of showed like the Packers are, you know, very capable of moving the ball against the, the Buccaneers. Um, and then they think, just kind of did themselves in. I, I do think that, and, and Rogers commented about this in his postgame interview, but even when they were, were going down early and scoring those points, those drives were... a little choppy and a little bit off schedule and they had to kind of try to keep things alive. But I mean, to your point, you can't, you can't take away the fact that they scored on those drives against um, a really good defense. The Bucks defense is really good. Yeah. Um, I I mean, yeah, it was choppier than it has been because it's looked really, really easy. Yeah. Um, You know, this was, this was the first real roadblock in the season. I'm not like overly worried about it, but I also am not going to sit here and think like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't see at some point the magic runs out, right? And yeah. I just feel like if the Bucks' path to real success is we have to allow no, you know, almost no pressure on our quarterback, not turn the ball over, have the other team drop some picks, get a couple, get our defense to score, like. That's, that's not a way to get to Yeah, that's success. the stuff that happens when your uh, the other team comes off a bye, looks like shit, and looks like they never even got off the plane. Yeah, not necessarily like when everybody's in rhythm. So I'd be interested to see a rematch between these teams. Can I get you? Now, to... I think I was saying the same thing last year about the Niners, <laughs> and then the rematch <laughs> yes, you went were. even fucking worse. So like, I mean, for all I know, you know, it could it could be a similar thing. Well, on that um, note, are you willing at this point to put a stake in the ground and and agree or disagree? with Rogers saying that this is an anomaly and not the beginning of a trend. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll see that version of the Packers, hopefully for the rest of the year, but I, I just don't think it's going to be. Yeah. I don't think it's going to look like that 
again. Yeah. I, I and, totally agree. Yeah. Um, I, I want to move on. Um, talk a little bit about the defense. James Burgess, a name to know now the Packers today signing linebacker, James Burgess off the Falcons practice squad. Um, if he's going to get on the field outside of special teams, he's going to compete with Kamal Martin, who looks ready to come back from injury. And of course, they've got Chris Barnes and Ty Summers there. But Alex, I wanted to mention this um, signing because we talk every year about how the Packers are allergic to making like real investments in the inside linebacker <laughs> position. And here we are midseason getting caught with our pants down and poaching someone off someone else's practice squad. Um, I understand the argument for that strategy, but at the same time, the Packers last two losses, as uh, we've uh, just talked about blowouts really coming from teams who had solid, very fast inside linebackers. Is it time to revisit that strategy <laughs> in Green Bay? Yeah. So our own uh, Badger Noonan tweeted uh, that he is sold on inside linebackers being underrated by analytics, uh, citing a number of reasons, in- including uh, fast ones destroy lateral offenses, which I guess the Packers kind of are now to a degree. Yep. Um, if they can cover, they allow you to stay in base more, not get destroyed against the run. Middle of the field, most efficient place to pass, which is I think we're finding more and more. Um, and the simple fact that good coverage inside linebackers are rare. Yep. So um, it's something to consider, right? Because uh, it's been almost like a running joke, uh, the lack of investment at that position um, uh, for, for the Packers. But, uh, you know, I, and, and I, I guess the, it's not wrong that they didn't invest in Blake Martinez because he's not that guy. Right. It's yes. just that they also don't actively try to find that guy. Yeah it feels like more more so that they just they kind of acknowledge, like they just take the L on, on inside <laughs> linebacker and they're like, we'll find other ways to be effective as a defense. Yeah. Yep. Keeping it on the, on the defense, I'm going to go back to the Zach Cruz well on Twitter. Um, he tweets out, does the Packers defense do anything well? They aren't pressuring the quarterback, <laughs> aren't getting turnovers, don't tackle well, can't stop the run, not getting stops in the red zone. Alex, are we firing up the old Mike Patton hot seat dialogue again? I saw some of that going around on Twitter after this game and in our note nug mentions on Twitter. Uh, is Patton on the hot seat? Should he be? Uh, I mean, what do they do well? I mean, I think all those were fair points uh, in terms of what they don't do well. I guess they they have corners who are good. Yeah. But that's like... But they're not generating turnovers. Yeah, which is an issue. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, I He's safe for the year because they're going to win a bunch of games and it'd be weird to fire a defensive coordinator when you are, you know, unless things go south in a hurry. Yeah. When you're a playoff team, you know, the favorite to win the division, possible home field advantage. But you get the sense something's got to change. Yep. The tackling super frustrating. But like, is that Mike Patton? You know what I mean? Like how, who, who's, uh, I, it's so hard. Like I, why the Packers aren't good at tackling. I don't know why it feels like they never have been um, since I started watching football. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like that's, that kind of feels like something that's independent of the coach. That's, that's calling plays on defense. Yeah, you think so, right? It's maddening. Like we're back to the point now where if there's, Two, you know, a ball carrier, 
and a defensive player kind of like running full steam or like coming to a head that I fully expect the the defensive player to fall backwards, right? Like yeah. I almost always expect him to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe there was a tiny blip in the other direction when like Mike Daniels was trying to inject attitude into the Packers, but I don't even know if that's really true. Maybe they just jawed a whole bunch and yeah. weren't even that, that good at, <laughs> at bringing guys down to begin with. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, um, I'm not sure if Mike Pettin has uh, has like um availability this week if he's going to do uh, an interview or or whatever. But um, I, if he does, I really hope someone will ask him about. I forget when in the game this was, but it was a third and two, and we've seen all the screenshots now on Twitter. Third and two, and he's essentially in what looks like low grade prevent defense, where like everyone is like five yards back. And they only need two yards. Just infuriating. I don't. I, I want someone to ask him about that because, like, is that if if that was the play call, what is the design there? What do you think the offense is trying to accomplish on that play? And if it wasn't the play call, what's going on out there? Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, it looked it looked like Prevent is right. I was like waiting for a whistle to blow, almost like the Packers knew that the play like wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and, but like you know, they just refs just hadn't blown the whistle yet. But it turns out. <laughs> Not the case. Nope, not the case. Petting, gonna petting. All right. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We're almost hitting the half hour mark. That feels like a lot of complaining. Who's who's up next? The Texans. The Texans are up next. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, a very beatable you know, honestly, team. Um, we might not get a Texans preview in this week. I'm gonna effort on that, but it it might not happen. Give us a break. Um, so maybe we could talk about them for 30 seconds here. I don't know. I I feel like they're um. Are they one in five? They're a bad team that can score points, but they have a terrible defense. It feels like it's going to be a get right game for the Packers, but it is another road game. Yeah, you'd hope so. They're on an interim coach already. Uh, The fashion in which they lost the Titans just totally sucked for anyone who did not take the Titans. Uh, And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry like had that 90-something yard run, but even if you take that away, I think he had over 200 yards on the ground, so he was kind of bullying them. The Packers should be able to establish the run with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers will definitely uh, have a rebound performance from the turnovers, uh, the two interceptions, um, and that should put them in really good standing. But that being said, you know, it will be interesting to see if if it's going to be like a knockout, you know, just like a uh, an end-to-end game kind of thing. Right. And if the Texans are going to be able to, you know, put up points against the Packers or if the Packers can kind of get off and running from the beginning and then just control the game. Because um, there are guys on the Texans who still scare me. And, um, you know, in general, I think Deshaun Watson at times can be a frustrating guy to play against. Yep. And if the Packers aren't going to be generating pressure, I could see that getting annoying for stretches in the game. Yep. Um, but you kind of just hope the Packers also just hang 40 points on them. And then we don't even have to worry about that. That'd be nice. Can we get a 40 burger? That'd be nice. <laughs> just yeah. Like those are fun. <laughs> just like old times. A couple, couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, it, it'll be good. I, I, but I would, you know, I saw that the, the early line is, uh, um, Packers minus three and a half. Does that feel odd, odd to you? I feel like that feels about right. I mean, I would still expect them to be favorites, obviously. Um, I think maybe that's, you know, would have been a bigger number had they not just been on national TV um, 
you know, and like the just only the only other game going up against field. that was the Jets and the Dolphins. So like pretty much all of America watched <laughs> uh, <laughs> watched them get completely dismantled. Damn it! Now I'm sad again. We were had cathart we had catharsis, and now I'm sad again. <laughs> yeah, you know they they had like a big moment on on center stage, and they blew it. So um, you know, I don't I don't think they deserve to be you know like a touchdown favorite. But yeah. um, that being said, you know. They cover, they cover by a lot and get back to business. Let's get back to business, guys. And with that, I think that is a good time to hit the polka. It's going to do it for us this week, I think. Possibly no preview episode this week. Got some uh, life things to attend to. Yes, we do have lives. No, they are not life super things. exciting, but sometimes they do require some attention. Uh, but we'll see if we can get a preview episode up. Um, stay tuned at the APC pod on Twitter is where we can update you on that. Um, quick check in with the APC podcast listener. Pick them standings. Your top three as of this recording are Glenn Christian and Simon. Nice work guys. Keep it up. Packers at Texans this weekend. Aaron Rodgers says last week was an anomaly. We shall see. We're going to find out in a big way. All right, guys, be well, be excellent to each other, <laughs> and uh, yeah, go pack, go. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.